You are listening to episode 33 of Japan Gamescast. On this week's show, we discuss the Game of the Year nominations, Hideo Kojima opens a movie studio, and Naruto comes to Fortnite. All this and more coming up. Welcome back everyone to Japan Gamescast, the Japanese gaming news podcast recorded in Tokyo, Japan. I'm your host, Julian, aka Kantan Gamer, and joining me as always is my co-host, Ryan. Hey, what's up, man? It's good as always. Uh, doing a bit of an early one this week, right? Um, filming at 10am, so if we sound a bit groggy, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. there's, a, there's a good reason for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, nice, uh, bright and early. I'm going to ask you what you've been playing this week, but I know what you've been playing this week because <laughs> uh, I've been playing it with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've been uh, getting into Age of Empires 4, right? That's it, man. Uh, it's been uh, had a few good skirmishes, uh, le- learning the, the ins and outs. And uh, I'm still disappointed there's yeah. no Japanese civilization like they had in 2. Um, but other than that, yeah, it's, uh, it's a really great game. Yeah, I've been enjoying it. I, I don't know any RTS uh, stuff, really, so it's like a first for me. It's yeah, a, yeah. It's quite a bit to learn, isn't it? There's like all these different units and civs and things. It's all about the, the the micro game, the macro game. It's it's the yeah. management, right? It's the you know you you got to be focusing on one thing, but also have three other things kind of in the back of your mind constantly, you know, going along. So it can be yeah, quite but it's, it's been fun and um, yeah. What else have you been playing? Um, I tried Halo. Um, I think you've been playing that as well, right? Um, I just tried yeah, it for yeah. a couple of games, but it felt pretty solid. Um, felt very similar to like. Halo 3, which is the last one I played properly uh, multiplayer, but yeah, I was pretty impressed. Nice, yeah. I've been playing it quite a bit. Most of my friends in uh, America are really into it now. Oh, nice. So it's it's been like the normal hang. So Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) The college day is all over again. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Nice, nice. Yeah, and I've um, just been playing a little bit of Pikmin Bloom as well. That's just, you know, that's just been on my phone. I've been out working a lot and do a lot of walking on shoots and stuff, so it's just been going on like in the background in my pocket and then at the end of the day I pull it out and I found all these little Pikmin and stuff so it's kind of fun <laughs> oh nice cool yeah cool so um, yeah let's dive into the first uh, little bit of news this week it's a bit random but I thought this was really really cool so Dragon Quest X uh, Heroes of the Emperor um, they've partnered up with Blue Impulse who are a like military uh, fighter jet stunt team kind of like Red Arrows <laughs> in the UK or uh, is there a like a US equivalent of this uh, yeah we we have like the blue angels blue angels okay yeah so yeah, yeah this yeah. is blue impulse and basically uh yeah we'll switch over to the video here uh they did this thing apparently over uh Tokyo and they drew the slime from uh Dragon Quest which is pretty crazy <laughs> <laughs> so you can see them all getting prepped here so it's got the epic kind of uh, Dragon Quest music in the background uh, I've actually seen them flying over Lopongi once before um, I can't remember what yeah, the occasion were, was, but... The the Olympics, right? Could be. Uh, I think uh. it was before that, but yeah, I didn't I didn't see that show. But they do a lot of shows, you know, um, over the city. And uh, yeah, you can see it. It's just crazy, man. They've got a GoPro stuck to the plane and stuff. And Oh, wow, that slime looks great. It's just so accurate, yeah. right? Yeah, and it's... They did a vampy as well here. Some of these almost look like CGI, though. Like <laughs> It's just like... It, uh, it's like weirdly accurate isn't it yeah yeah it's like oh wow this is great it's the way the camera moves as well it looks a bit like 
like a programmed camera. It's like a bit jittery. But this one, I'm not sure it was actually real. Cause like, oh no, no way! Right? right? Yeah, they yeah, write, no, like, the kanji. Was... It's too like the angles are too perfect, and this this oh, last I... part is definitely CGI because it, it, yeah. cu it cuts into, as you can see, the trailer for the game here. Yeah. Um, so I think they only actually did the slime, and then the the others are just kind of like in there. Yeah, uh, I think a, a lot of that was assisted. <laughs> yeah, like this part. I mean, it looks really cool though, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's a cool trailer. But uh, um, yeah, it's definitely a, a cool collaboration and something I didn't expect to see. Oh, wow. Look at these. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the little chemtrails there. <laughs> yeah. So um, next year, February 26th, uh, we're going to be getting Dragon Quest Ten offline. Uh, so I'm pretty pumped about that because I uh, don't have uh, time to to play the MMO. But uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so looking forward to that. And I think the... Um, the final expansion for uh, Dragon Quest X is currently being released, so mm. yeah, maybe we'll check out some uh, some gameplay footage of that one uh, sometime. Yeah, so next up, uh, this actually launched already, um, but uh, Naruto has come to Fortnite, the ridiculously popular game um, by Epic Games, and they've just, uh, I mean, they've made a bit of a name for themselves recently of just collaborating with like every possible franchise. Um, they've had like famous singers and like, artists in there, uh, random characters, and now the yeah, air they've kind of breached the world of anime, <laughs> bringing Naruto to <laughs> to the game. Yeah, yeah. Well, I uh, I think I feel like uh, Fortnite has a different collaboration like every week, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I heard they're gonna be doing like uh, they bought the company Harmonix. Oh yeah, um, like, that was yesterday, right? It just came out. Yeah, yeah, they bought harmonics, and so like they're going to be trying to add a, add like a guitar. What is it? A band, not Guitar it, Hero. It, it is was it Guitar Hero. Uh, yeah, it was Guitar Hero. Yeah, rock band or Guitar Hero going to be something like that coming to Fortnite, which is a uh, kind of cool. Some kind of element, yeah. I mean, I will say the one thing about Fortnite is. They're always trying to add new stuff. So like whether you like it or not, um, which I, I actually used to play it quite a lot on the Switch when I first moved to Japan. Um, I think that was kind of the, the time it just launched on Switch. And I know I know I could have played it on PC and it would have ran much nicer. But for some reason, I just got into it on the Switch. And yeah, I didn't yeah. expect to, but I actually got kind of addicted to it. I think like, I've clocked up like 100 hours on it. I haven't played it in a long time, but in a, in a matter of a few months, I played it quite a lot. <laughs> yeah, it is uh, surprisingly fun and addictive. I mean, that's why it's so popular. I mean, it's got the building mechanic and, you know, battle royale, kind of a semi-open world that's always changing. So yeah, it's yeah. like a lot to love there. Absolutely, um, yeah. And uh, I think maybe people don't realize, but it's actually hugely popular in Japan. Um, it's It's a really big game still. So it does get advertised quite heavily. Um, and it's understandable that... Um, you know, a company like, I guess, Jump or Shueisha, the publisher of, of Naruto, would team up with Epic uh, to publish um, this this new DLC. Apparently, it's quite expensive. It's like seven thousand yen. Um, oh wow! For like oh, the whole shit. the whole DLC pack, um, but there are like five characters. I'm not a Naruto fan though, so I don't actually know the names of all these characters. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know them like by the way that they look, but I only know actual Naruto, the main character who we're, we're watching here. Um, but they're, you know, they're all like a little team of ninjas and they've got all that kind of special powers and um, they're all quite customizable. They've even got their own kind of like cell shaded 
you know, like authentic look to the characters as well. So it's not just, you know, they didn't just try and make the characters look like Fortnite style. They basically just put them into the game in their own style, which is kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. But uh, yeah, so I guess that's uh, Naruto coming to Fortnite. So another little story next up. Uh, this is kind of goofy as well. Um, but there's a new a new plushie coming out, a new Pokemon plushie of uh, Lucario. Lucario? I don't ever quite know the pronunciation of his name. Um, but probably made most famous by his appearance in Smash Bros. Um, but in Japan next year, uh, in May, uh, Pokemon Center will be releasing this new life-sized uh, Lucario a plushy toy, <laughs> which looks pretty badass. And it comes with it. it it's life-size, huh? That's yeah, That's why it's yeah. so expensive, I guess. Yeah, it comes with a, a badass price tag as well. So that's about, yeah, like $450 uh, US. Um, so there's some pretty nice shots of it here. But, you know, these pictures, it doesn't really give the full uh, scale because it's just in this like white void for the details. But it's, it's only when you go down to these shots, you know, when it's actually in the house, you can see like, it's actually pretty huge. So here it's like standing by like the windowsill. And I don't know, I'm guessing that window is probably like three feet tall or something like that. So it's pretty huge. Yeah. Yeah. That's ridiculous. And there's a picture of him sitting at the table. And I like this like kind of creepy one. He's like coming through the door, <laughs> just like leaning through. Yeah. His eyes are kind of scary. Well, yeah, he's like a he's like a fighting Pokemon, right? So he's always got kind of a serious face. I mean, oh, he's yeah. like fighting and psychic, so he's kind of scary. Uh, but here, like you know, this is this picture. He's just helping this woman do the dishes, and uh, <laughs> I kind of wonder how like robust he is. Like you can see, like the tail here is quite straight, and it's getting... Maybe it's like a kickstand kind of thing. Yeah, I guess because like you know, usually his tail would be upright, but they're using that as like support. And I wonder if the arms are like kind of like bendable or like poseable if maybe they've got like metal wires in or something you can like you can see he's holding like the dish rag <laughs> while she washes the dishes yeah um, but yeah it's, it's pretty pretty cute pretty funny i mean there's been lots of examples of um this kind of thing um, before so like uh like they mentioned in this article actually here uh, there was a life-size uh slowpoke slowpoke pl plushie um, which oh, was wow. about the same. This this went on sale uh, this year, actually. Yeah, um, and I, I don't know if you saw this one as well, but it was a life size uh, Metapod sleeping bag <laughs> in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I think I did see this. Which is like super funny, but it's just like the the shape of the Pokemon. It just couldn't be any more perfect for the for the purpose. Because like you know, w without a person, in it, it just looks exactly like it, which is really really yeah. funny. Yeah, yeah, and I I think Pokemon like makes most of their money from merchandise anyway, so. Makes sense, like they're constantly like reinventing and coming up with uh, with new stuff. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so uh, in our next bit of news, Tamagotchi is celebrating the uh, 25th anniversary. Yeah, so this was actually a couple of days ago on the 23rd of uh, November, uh, 1996 uh, was when it first originally went on sale in Japan. And uh, it was, I mean, at the time, it was just an absolutely classic kind of, it was probably one of the first like viral toys, I would say. Um, at least in my generation, because I was, uh, what, seven at the time. And I think it came to England probably the year after. Um, but I think it was a pretty quick, like, global phenomenon. <laughs> uh, I had one, I think, but I was really young, so I, I don't really remember. Um, right, right, I, okay. I remember, like, I would, I just kind of messed with it a little bit. Um, 
I had like a, a Game Boy and stuff at the time. So to me, it was like, oh, okay. Uh, cool. and, then, <laughs> and then I went back to playing Pokemon or, you know, whatever. Yeah, true. I guess but, yeah, I was, uh, yeah, if I was seven when it came out, you would have been, what, like three, three or four. So yeah, maybe a little bit too young. But yeah, I mean, it, it was a pretty basic game, right? Um, you basically had this little pet on the, you know, that lived in the device and the, the thing was shaped like a, an egg, right? And uh, the kind of the, the, the name Tamagotchi, like Tamago is egg. So it's kind of like, you know, a play on that word and it's this little pet that you kind of hatch and keep in your pocket. Uh, the functions were pretty basic. So the th when you, I remember when you got it and there was like a little plastic tab that you would pull out and the battery would then connect inside and turn on. Um, and that the egg would hatch when it turned on and you get like one of these, like, I don't know how many, there were like five or six different creatures you could get. And basically you just have to like feed it and you know, give it water and take it to the toilet and stuff. And there was like little meters for each one of those things. So, you know, when the, hung when the hunger was low, you just give it some food. And there was a couple of games and stuff on there. It was pretty rudimentary, you know, <laughs> when you think about it by today's standards. But at the time it was pretty, I don't know, it was pretty outrageous. And I don't know, it really kind of encapsulated Japan's obsession with like miniature technology at the time I think <laughs> yeah yeah there's it's kind of a whole trend of that mm -hmm. little like electronic pets and things yeah and I think even uh, earlier this year they released a new edition of the Tamagotchi for the 25th anniversary which you know it's got like color screen and like wi-fi and it can like connect to other like Tamagotchi oh, wow. so like you can you can trade with your friends and stuff so it's a bit more I still think it's pretty basic compared to like another any other game but um, I know there is like a mobile game of Tamagotchi and all that kind of stuff so yeah oh yeah uh, yeah it, it seems like it would it would be a perfect fit for a cell phone you know mm, absolutely yeah so uh, yeah happy birthday Tamagotchi and uh, maybe we'll see you again uh, in 30 years <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> so, uh, so for our next bit of news uh, Kojima Productions is starting a movie studio uh, in addition to making games. So uh, it's kind of interesting. Um, I think it's supposed to like uh, cross over with the, with the uh, stories in the games. So I know um, uh, Hideo Kojima has always stated that like he kind of was inspired by directors, uh, film directors, and um, he like wants to bring that cinematic kind of flair into the games. Yeah, so, um, yeah. You absolutely. know, like Metal Gear is famous for... Uh, Metal Gear is famous for having like the longest cutscenes mm -hmm. ever. <laughs> so um, yeah, it kind of kind of makes sense uh, that he would be interested in uh, making just films as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, he I follow him on Twitter as well. He's he's always posting like almost like every week. He's like, oh yeah, I went to, went to this, you know, saw this movie in the cinema and would recommend it. Or uh, I think like earlier last week he posted his like top three films of the year or something like that. Um, so he's he's a he's a huge like cinema nerd for sure, and uh, yeah, even the, the the bio on his Twitter he says a game creator, seventy percent of my body is made of movies, so <laughs> uh, huge influences there. And if anyone's played, um, you know, we talked about uh, Metal Gear two and three right from the stores because of uh, use of like the uh, historical footage, um, but you know, all the cutscenes in that game were very cinematic, and that's kind of how he became so famous, right? He was. I'd still say he's probably the only game director to do something that borders on a movie in a game, you know? Uh, 
yeah. so so consistently as well. And we can see in the, the video here, we've got um, clips from his latest game, which is currently the only game from Kojima Productions, uh, Death Stranding. But this game just looks be beautiful. I still haven't played it, but the the graphics yeah. and the cinematography are just amazing. Yeah, this has been on my list since it came out. And uh, I think it's, it's on uh, PC as well. Mm -hmm. So it's quite accessible. But um, I think, aren't they uh, they releasing the director's cut version? Uh, I think that already or, came out, actually, yeah. Um, so oh, yeah. I so. think that includes the DLC, and I think that was mainly for the PS5 release. So um, it already came out on like, the older consoles and obviously PC, but they kind of like re-released it for PS5. Um, but yeah, a lot of like big talent as well. So they had uh, Norman Reedus playing the main character, who most of you would know as Daryl from The Walking Dead. And also uh, Mads Mikkelsen, who oh, he's been in a bunch of movies, but I always remember him as the the bad guy from Casino Royale, the first oh, yeah. uh, Daniel Craig Bond movie. Um, but he's been in a lot of movies. Um, Troy Baker as well, who does a lot of like game mocap and stuff. And uh, actually, the, the I don't know what character she played in this, but the girl, the main girl in this, was the girl from the latest Bond movie. Um, she's like bonds like you know love interest so um some yeah, really big talent in here and he obviously has a lot of friends in hollywood yeah so i guess it'll be cool to see what uh see what kojima comes up with and uh hopefully it ties in with some of the games as well so we get some uh, cross-pollination there yeah i suspect there would probably be some kind of like death stranding short movie maybe that, that seems like a good first project for him to tackle you know if they've already done all the artwork for it got a lot of the assets it might even be like a cgi movie it doesn't have to be like live action um and he's already got the he's built the world and stuff right so maybe because that was such a successful first hit for the project it's just a shame that he can't work on uh, metal gear anymore you know because he doesn't own the rights to the, the franchise even though like it wouldn't exist without him so that's always a bit of an upsetting one but um you know he's uh i think he's moved on personally so yeah it'll be interesting to see what he comes up with next yeah definitely yeah so that pretty much wraps up all the news for this week so let's take a look at our release of the week um and this week coming up we've got the resident evil uh episode selection 25th anniversary episode selection uh also actually sorry should i say biohazard because it's not actually coming out in the west as far as i'm aware at the moment so it's only available in japan and as we know uh, biohazard is the original name of the series, which I don't know. I almost think it's kind of cooler <laughs> than Resident Evil. It's, Resident Evil is one of those like weird like English translations that just doesn't really make sense. Yeah, I think Biohazard sounds a lot nicer. Yeah, yeah, and it, it kind of sums up the 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 gist of the story, right? Because it's like a chemical weapon that turns people into zombies, so it is like literally a biohazard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it makes sense. And so this is a this is a collection, right? Yeah. So we've actually talked about this on the show before um, when it got announced during a, uh, a Capcom uh, event. I think it might be Tokyo Game Show. Um, they showed it off. But basically, it's it's Resident Evil's one to eight, um, separated into three box sets. So box set collection volume one is one two three, volume two is four five six, and volume three is seven and eight. So you only get you get one less game in volume three, but you know, they are the, the two most recent games, you could argue, so they probably hold a little more value. Um, but I think for any fan of the series, 
it's a it's a cool collection. But the thing I'm wondering is that I don't really think they include much else except for like like an art book and some kind of like digital add-ons. But there's no like improvement to the games. It's just the ones that already exist. So nothing I see. too <clears throat> fantastic. And they're all on PS4. Yeah, uh, PS4. Well. Yeah. It would have been cool to see it coming to to PS5 as well. Um, I mean, I know it's backwards compatible, mm. but um, I guess if they're not improving the games, it doesn't really make a difference if it's backwards compatible PS4 versus being like native PS5. Yeah, exactly. I mean, from what I remember, they all run pretty much perfectly on the um, the PS4 anyway. So uh, maybe with the exceptions of like Resident Evil 3 and 2, the remakes, they, they ran okay on the last gen consoles, but they were kind of at like 30 frames a second. But I think if you play those on PS5 in like backwards compatibility mode, uh, they run at 60 anyway. So I don't think there's oh, a wow. need. So some games aren't locked um, so they can just unlock themselves and run at full frame rates. So that, that's pretty cool. So I thought you'd even see a difference. Um, the only thing I'd say is that most of these games are, are already available for dirt cheap. Um, and like Biohazard 7 is already available i think it's on game pass and i also have it as part of the playstation plus collection um i've picked up the other ones over time but yeah i'd probably say that maybe the volume one is probably the most uh value for money because you actually get uh zero and one on one disc so actually sorry you actually get nine games because i forgot about zero there oh okay but you get the Two and three are the remakes, right? Exactly, yeah. So you get a remake of two and three. And te- technically, zero and one are remakes as well. They're just like oh, the... Yeah. Um, they're the GameCube. Actually, zero is an original GameCube game, but it was released around the same time that they remade one for the GameCube with obviously much nicer graphics. Um, but they were both then given like a HD remaster on PS4. So you're getting like remasters of remakes and two like really, really nice remakes of two and three in one collection for like $60. So that's actually yeah, that's, pretty that's quite a good deal. <laughs> yeah, I think so. That's, that's uh, pretty awesome. Um, I know like five and six are probably the worst rated in the series. Four is obviously incredible, but it's been released in so many versions, you know, and... Uh, yeah, and, and there's the new VR version, which is kind of... Exactly, like right, if I, yeah. If I were going to play four, I'd want to try the, the VR version. And apparently that's really good. That's actually been tailored really nicely um, to, to the... The Oculus, you know, and it, it plays really well. So I'd be quite interested to check that out. Um, but you can see here that they're available in Play Asia, like like most uh, you know Japan only releases are. So uh, if you do want to pick it up, uh, it's available to pick up on here. Uh, I think they're all the same price, so six thousand seven hundred thirty-three yen, which I think is around sixty dollars or whichever currency you're looking to pick it up in. Yeah, and uh, we've obviously got a couple more new releases this week. Uh, first up is uh, Story of Seasons, uh, Friends of Mineral, Mineral Town, DX Pack. So this game actually came out last year, um, on the Switch at least. I think it came out on PS4 as well. Uh, but I guess this is just like, uh, includes all the DLC and uh, maybe like slightly upscaled graphics and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, it looks quite nice. This is coming out on the, uh, the 25th. And uh, what else we got this week? Yeah, and next up on our new releases is Clockwork Aquario. It mm. says the lost arcade treasure from the 90s finally restored. Ooh, okay. So this is, a, yeah, it looks like a 90s arcade game, side-scroller. 
So yeah, uh, Clockwork Aquaria is coming out on November 30th. Cool, and uh, coming out on the 3rd of December is uh, Danganronpa Decadence, which again, we, I think we spoke about um, quite recently, because it was quite recently announced. This might have been during the, um, the E3 Direct for, Nintendo's, uh, for Nintendo, um, but I still don't know what this game is about. It just looks so random, but it's got some yeah, he- heavy like Persona vibes. Yeah, and I think it's a, a compilation. It's got the first four uh, four games Mm-mm-mm. all packed in. Oh, that's a good use so. of the word decadence there. <laughs> <laughs> they always use the word DX, don't they, in Japan? Like with, uh, you know, Story of Seasons, DX. But I've never heard a, a decadence collection before. I quite like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> yeah, cool. So that's pretty much it for the new releases this week. And uh, that is the end of the show. So uh, if you guys are watching on YouTube, please make sure you subscribe to the channel. And if you're listening to the audio podcast, then uh, please follow us on whichever platform you listen to us on for new episodes every single week. Thanks, as always, Ryan, for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me. And we'll be back next time for another episode of Japan Gamescast. Cast.